Hey there, Jets fans. We're back. We're recapping game nine and game 10 of uh, Winnipeg Jets. They played uh, St. Louis the other day and they won 5-4. And they also played uh, today against the Toronto Maple Leafs and they lost. What was the final score, Daniel? 4-2 four, or 5-2? 4-2. Two? Two, two. It was 4-2. They didn't get the empty netter in the end. But first things first, did you vote today, Daniel? I did. You did, Chris? Did you vote today? I was the 11th person to vote at my uh, my polling station. Very good, very good. There you go. And uh, I, I think you guys probably uh, voted open for uh, Portage of Maine, or did you vote closed? Or do you want to say you could abstain? <laughs> well, I voted I, open. I'll be open with that. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that knows any of us knows that that was the vote, and it's highly disappointing. And well, I voted closed to cars. Well, and we've always known you've been the biggest idiot on the podcast. So. <laughs> I thought that's what it was. I thought we were leaving it open to cars or closed to cars. So I said oh. closed to cars. Oh, yes. They should have specified yeah. that on there. Yeah. Well, my idea for Portage in Maine. Yeah. My Portage in Maine. My Portage in Maine looks like an intersection with no cars. That's how I see my Portage in Maine. That's literally exactly not how my, I see it, too. Not my yeah. Portage in Maine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is not open to pedestrians. It's closed to vehicles. But whatever. Man, you guys are being suckered in by big, big traffic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe we are. Uh, okay. Anyhow, let's recap this game. So the Jets uh, the other day on uh, Monday they beat the St. Louis Blues. Uh, St. Louis actually not looking too good. They're two, three, and three, and the Jets now have improved to six, two, and one after tonight's game. They were wearing the Aviator jerseys again. Now the Aviator jerseys and the Heritage Classic jerseys are both two and one for their records, so not much between those two. But uh, for, first loss for the Aviator jersey tonight. Uh, just going back to the St. Louis game, uh, Jets. Uh, yeah, they they won uh, five four. Um, Chris, I think you probably saw a little bit more of that game than you did tonight. Uh, do you want to uh, recap that game at all and tell us uh, what you think of the the St. Louis game, Chris? Um, I thought it was a fun game. It was nice to watch. Uh, I think what we're seeing is a lot of um, kind of uh, maybe I don't want to say a Paul Maurice thing. I don't want to have that that kind of conversation right now. But this lay back, lay back. Uh, things are kind of out of hand. Kind of get pressed in your own zone, and then when it's time, let's go ahead and 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 turn it on. We saw a little bit of that tonight. I know we're talking about the other night, but yeah. Seeing a little bit of this, I shouldn't say a little bit of it. What are we, eight or nine games in now? And almost every single game we've had this terrible start, stick around, hang around, and then come back or, or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty, pretty much every win. I don't think, have they scored the first goal that, yet this season? I don't actually know that, but that, obviously that that's a good trivia question. Yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds like a great trivia question. Um, um, with the, the St. Louis game, though, uh, the Jets uh, in that one, I know uh, Shifley, he actually had four points. I don't remember that. I, would, I did watch, uh, like, most of the game, bits and pieces. I didn't realize he, he got so many points in that game. But that was the first game, just kind of, Chris, to, to your point about the uh, – well, I think you were kind of going in this direction. That was the first game where Maurice actually mixed up the lineup a little bit. The way that people went asking, getting line A away from Ehlers and Little. Uh, he did a bit more of that today. He got Ehlers on the first line. So I think it was kind of a good start, what happened with St. Louis. But obviously today, uh, kind of fell flat on its face. Um, 
Dan, uh, what do you want to say about today's uh, game as far as, you know, they mixed up the lineup a little bit, but what, what, went, what went wrong for us? Well, like, uh, like we just said, they're the slow start. They had an f- extremely slow start. I mean, it wasn't actually a horrible first period. It was kind of even uh, starting out in the, uh, in the courses and all that uh, fun stuff. And that the Leafs kind of took over after they scored the, uh, the game's opening goal there. So that's kind of not good. And then, of course, the Leafs then popped two more in the second period. And the Jets had nothing going in the second period with only two shots, I believe, or three shots in the second. So that obviously doesn't doesn't help. And then Ehlers, they moved Ehlers up to the top line and he scored his first of the year in the third. And then Shifley potted a nice power play goal from his office in the between the hash marks there. Um, but what went wrong, I mean, I guess just they just couldn't get, they just couldn't stay in the game. I mean, you go down 3 nothing, you're not going to win a lot of those games, right? So that's, that's something they got to work on is the slow starts. And I just looked it up here. The Jets have scored the first goal, I think I counted, four times. They've won three. The only loss was to Edmonton. The line A has three of those opening goals to this date. They're just uh, something we circle back around to there. But yeah, yeah I talking... mean... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, they uh, got to just... get, get going early on in the, in the first period. And, you know, like one thing they did a lot last year was score the first goal of the game, and that's very important in how you win the game you know you get out early and then you can kind of just control the game a little bit better than playing from behind and kind of having the other team dictate where they want the puck to go and dictate how the game flows that kind of thing yeah just i was gonna say just talk about the stats just uh, kind of a point uh about this game too when the jets finally did score Ehlers finally got a five-on-five goal been uh, so long, right? It was a five on five, wasn't power yes, play it was. goal. So. Yeah, it was five on yeah. one. Okay, good. I'm saying, I'm saying it confidently. And uh, but that's Chris. That's your favorite player. Well, that must have been nice to see him uh, get one of those. Yeah, and and that so that's where we talk about our line mates and stuff, right? And 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 we've been talking about this for uh, every show basically is is the lines and how we're doing things as far as trying to make things happen. And I, I think I tweeted earlier, it's not what we were talking about, about the Ehlers thing, but um, how you have such a superior player like Matthew Perot playing on the fourth line. What did he have tonight? He couldn't have had more than eight minutes. And then you're playing Tanev on, on the third line with Lowry and Cop, And this isn't even a shot at Tanev. It doesn't even matter that it's Tanev. You have a, 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 a one or a two line type player and he's playing on the fourth line what are we doing like I understand that that line's playing well but everything can always be better in any situation and anything in life yeah why we're not having a parole play with Lowry and Cop and actually have a chance to score a goal I can't understand and then your fourth line looks like a fourth line yeah yeah well, yeah yeah you and I yeah. we've chatted about this before where we said that basically with that the Tanev cop Lowry line, as much as their possession, everything looks good, and we, we've talked about it on here too. Um, it doesn't seem to generate very much besides Lowry's two goals the other day. I, like I don't know how Cop and Tanev even scored. Yeah, I think Tanev has one goal this and year. Cop had I mean, a nice uh, Cop had a nice goal a couple of games ago. But oh, is that right? Okay, again, sorry, I forgot that. But but still, you're generating possession, but you're like literally they're not doing anything, and and. <laughs> And if you put, again, like I say, they're fine, but you can always be better, right? If you have 
Wheeler and Shifley together. And okay, that's great. You have Kyle Connor, but if somebody said, Hey, do you want Alexander Ovechkin? Would you say no? Right. Yeah, of course yeah. you would add him because he makes your team better. And I think Matthew Perot on that line makes your team better than, than Brandon Tanev. There's no question in no matter yeah, what I, your, your views are that Matthew Perot is a better player than Tanev. Yeah, yeah. I'll say this um, at the end of the game there, Maurice actually bench, bench cop to move uh, Perot up to the third line with Lowry instead of benching Tanev. Just a quick aside there to what you were saying. Um, obviously yeah. benching cop is not the right move in that specific situation. You want Cop out there with Pro and Lowry instead of Tanev out there, but that's just a Maurice, a Mauriceism, yeah. if you will. Because you yeah. know who's making that line go is Cop and, and, it, and Lowry. Exactly. And you throw Pro on there and that line actually has some finish on it. So, so yeah. I've been, I'm not going to harp on it too much more, but I've been watching him for two years because I don't like Tanev. And in the past, I actually have seen him actually do something. This year, I see that everybody else is saying he's doing things, and I think he's doing far less. He skates fast. He gets the puck, and the second he gets anywhere around the puck, there is nothing happening. He either misses it or he just blindly throws it somewhere else. I think he's worse than he's been the last two years, despite the fact I think other people say he's better, and I won't argue with them. What I see, however, is that he's worse. He absolutely is not providing any benefit to this team other than sometimes he has the puck. That's what I see. Yeah, yeah I'll actually <laughs> I'll add on to that. Tanev has been worse in my, in my eyes and kind of we're into game 10 now, so some of the fancy fancy analytics kind of mean something. Uh, Tanev has not been as good as he was last year up to, up to this date. I, I'll agree on that for sure. I mean, he's been, he was better definitely than year one, but last year was sure. probably his best. Last year was his best year so far to date. I mean, again, we're early in that, and we'll see how that, how that plays out. And one other thing I just want to mention here, uh, in the St. Louis game, Roslevic and Lemieux each had two minutes of ice time, and tonight they each had about four and a half minutes, just something oh else, to, something else had, to toss out there. But Hold on, hold on. They had two minutes total Lemieux had a minute. Game? Yeah, Lemieux had a minute 52, and Roslevic had 202 or something, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What are they yeah. doing to poor Roslevic there, are you? And that's, oh with Tanev, and that's with Tanev getting ejected, so they were shorter forward, so they – Maurice yeah, just stapled right. them and ran three lines. Wow. And then tonight, Perot had uh, eight, eight and a half minutes tonight. So just yeah, to kind of bump your point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I, I, I noticed that uh, too with, with the minutes. I was going to say just uh, your comment on the Tanev thing. I mean, we, he's, a, he's a polarizing player for sure. But uh, the one thing that I will say about him is uh, it was a game. I was at a game last week. I can't remember which one it was. But uh, anyhow, Edmonton. they – uh, it might have been the Edmonton one. I, I was at a couple games in the last okay. uh, the three games already, so I'm kind of getting them all mixed together. But anyhow, he had one where he was on the, the sidewall in his own end, and he passed it to Josh Morrissey like right in front of our net while he had a guy on him. And I was like, what in the world is going on? I was with my buddy, and he's a big tan of defender. And I'm like, "Is this? did that just happen? Like, where's all the people that are – you know, that love Tanev, you, you got to, let's be honest about it, right? Like, you got to call that out. And then he had another one uh, from the same sidewall there where he basically shot it right at Hellebuck. Like, nobody was on it. It looked like he was maybe trying to put it behind the goal, but Hellebuck actually Well, that was the Vancouver and... game. That was the That's Vancouver right. It was game. the Vancouver yeah. game. Yeah, you're right. He had those two things, and I was thinking, 
how is nobody tweeting about this or talking about this? Is that was insanity? Had that been, you know, Bufflin, everybody would be like, "Oh, Bufflin again, doing his stupid stuff," or, or you know, whatever it was. Imagine but if Liney like, did that. Yeah, if Liney did it too, he'd probably be benched for a bit. But it, it's weird, just the, the dynamic with Tanov again. I'm not a fan of him, but I will say, and I've I've been very honest, but I think that he's improved a lot. But this year seems like you guys said down from down from last year, but. We don't okay. want to make this There's all just about ten of, okay, sure. but uh, oh, sure. One that, more thing. One more thing yeah, about go, him. Are you, yeah, take if I'll I'll beg with anybody that listens to this. Watch his game when he's on the ice. This is what you should do. I'm not the expert on. We have a, a follower that is an expert on watching hockey. It's not me. But <laughs> when you watch a hockey game, pick a player and watch him. I beg any ten of defender to watch the game and other than skate fast and sometimes hit people to tell me what he does that's a, a net positive for our team. He doesn't shoot. He doesn't connect on passes. He turns over the puck. He exits the zone early. There's no net positive on him other than he's a fast skater, and sometimes he hits people. And I'd like somebody to watch his game specifically, only watch him when he's on the ice, and tell me what else he does. It's terrible. Yeah. Not, a professional, well, I... not an NHL player. <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, actually for people who do want to do that, that's something that I've enjoyed doing and would recommend is you can actually go on NHL.com and you can find the shift chart. So if you PVR a game, you can actually just uh, fast forward to every time that player has has a shift. Yeah, and so you can kind of watch the game condense, but really just watch bits and pieces of exactly what you want to key in on. So I've done that a bunch of times with different players to try and feel like I at least have a clue what I'm talking about. So. So. Which is the opposite of what we sh- what Jets fans were doing for the last six years with Enstrom. Because if you specifically watched his shifts and not just the overall big picture, you would see what a great defenseman he was. If you just watched him, just, just ISO'd on him when he was on the ice. Yeah, there's so many times I heard people just say, oh, he loses a puck in the corner. I said, no, you're assuming he does. But most of the time, uh, he actually keeps possession of the puck. He may get hit, but he at least gets it to his his partner but yeah there's a we don't want to turn it into an ends yeah, defending kind of bashing thing but i mean uh, the thing is if you want to be a good fan of this is how i've always felt about it you got to be honest with it like if a player isn't playing well just say that right but it feels like some players get a pass and others don't i don't really understand how that is for some fans but uh yeah whatever tonight though the game the jets lost 4-2 a bit of a stinker um how do the defense look though guys um maybe daniel i'll go with you You're, you you seem to key in on the, those guys a little bit more are, are we still a disaster? It's interesting. Morrow finally uh, got pulled out of the lineup and got Kulikov in there maybe uh, like as a, as a regular. I don't know. As Morrow's, I don't think he's injured or anything, but um, clearly wasn't doing things well enough for Maurice to keep him in. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Kulikov in, I think maybe that might be an indication that maybe he's actually feeling good every morning and ready to go, obviously, with his back is kind of an unknown. Like, right. like I've been saying since whenever the heck he had the surgery till till the preseason and so on and so forth. So maybe that will get him in. I mean, he's making four and a half million or something. So you kind of want to see him out there, preferably as long as he's not hurting you. Um, the defense tonight was uh, a thing to behold as usual. Um, <laughs> actually, on the uh, 4-2 goal for Toronto, that was basically that one basically sealed the game. I think it was Bufflin actually got walked by mm-hmm. Tavares. And then I can't, so I can't remember who scored that goal. It was the yeah, last goal. Somebody there. put uh, in there. Yeah. Yeah. Marner, Marner walked Bufflin and then Tavares was open back door for an easy, an easy tap in. 
so that that was something i mean obviously buffin is out there most of the time so he's going to make a lot of mistakes as well as he makes a lot of good positive plays so that's kind of something that you just kind of live with as you live with any guy who's putting up 26 27 minutes a night not ideal obviously but uh and that's an elite player yeah exactly like he's exactly yeah and i mean mitch martyr and john Tavares is a pretty dynamic duo already 10 games into their uh their partnership there so that's that's something to behold and i mean the defense wasn't atrocious tonight uh they had a few neutral zone breakdowns that led to the the one goal kind of like that and a few neutral zone breaks breakdowns and stuff that we've just kind of grown accustomed to watching the jets uh hellebuck made a few nice saves they had one breakaway toronto had a breakaway that was neutral zone don't even know what happened (laughs) And uh, the Jets, obviously, a little score effect uh, pinching and stuff kind of doesn't really help you out. Um, the Leafs did have a few good shots that led to goals. I mean, Hellebuck probably wasn't on his A game tonight. He did face 39 shots or something, so he still put up a okay save percentage. I mean, 897 is whatever. It's definitely lower than you want him to be, but that's kind of what happens when you have a subpar defense playing in front of you uh i saw myers out of position a few times actually the kaji goal bufflin was way out on the other side of the ice i don't know what he was doing um so bufflin did make a few mistakes today as i replay the game in my head but i mean no more than any of the other defense i've made this year so we're kind of moot on where we're at on that yeah do you guys uh either of you see uh even without any injuries do you see niku being called up uh anytime soon because this defense has been problematic through the whole season which is crazy because the jets are still you know six two and one or six two and six, two whatever and they one, are yeah. now yeah six three and one okay there we go yeah. um so you know it's a good record but yeah, again people always or many people will say well it's two points it's two points but i mean if you're got a real messy two points you want to make sure that you clean things up and it seems like that defense still isn't quality controlled you know with some some of the players and just real smart decisions. So uh, do you guys see anything happening there or is it just, uh, it'll be injuries that, that sort it all out. I think, I think we've seen in the last couple of years that there's no panic um, in, well, definitely in the upper management and also on the, on the coaching front, you get a lot of line blenders when you're down two or three goals and, and whatnot, but you know, the beginning of the next game, it's all back to normal. Right. Uh, I don't see any any panic, especially when you're six three and one. Yeah, I don't see any any panic in this the the team, and you know when we you know we're all on the the social meds and and all that. You you see this like overreaction Monday every after every game. Mm-hmm. Um, you never see that from the from the team. Right. And I think they really believe in their system. They really believe in their players. I think we see that with the constant rolling of the same lines, all this kind of stuff. Some people might call it stubbornness. Some people might say, hey, look what happened last year. So we know what we're doing. You can take yeah. that either way. So I don't see much changing, uh, you know, especially on the defensive end. They got really good defensemen, but yeah. I have a couple of not so good defensemen. It kind of makes uh, up for it, yeah. So you got three, like honestly, you have three elite defensemen, and Myers most of the time makes four that are good enough. 
Yeah. So there's no panic there. And Sherratt yeah. has his has his moments, right? Um, he played really well two nights ago in St. Louis, it seems. Um, he has a big shot. He does sometimes make plays. He wears awesome hats. So, <laughs> I mean, you don't, you know, they don't, especially Maurice doesn't overcompensate that stuff. He's a guy that will play a goalie 75 games in a season. Yeah. So, well, and, and with the defensemen, even though the problematic ones, the one thing that they do generally all have is offensive upside. I mean, I think it was uh, our friend Katie who said that Morrow, he's great at getting goals for both teams on, on both ends, right? And, and <laughs> yep. Myers is obviously, you know, Myers has that little dipsy do and can make some moves and, and get some points on, on the, the offensive upside. In fact, didn't he have a goal uh, in the St. Louis game? I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Chris, you're cutting out there. All right. Oh, we'll just take more, Chris. I oh, no, you there you are. Yeah. I actually, there was a couple of coworkers unsolicited. I overheard them at work yesterday talking about Myers and they basically said what I always say. And I always tweet, which is why can't he do in the defensive zone, what he does in the offensive yeah. zone. Yeah. It's frustrating. Right. But again, he, he does enough as a third pairing defenseman that there's no, there's no problem there. Right. But, if he's yeah. your third pairing defenseman. Yeah. But exactly. If he's putting up 12, 13 minutes, maybe with, a little bit of power play time you're you're okay that's you're doing fine but it's when he starts getting out there pushing 20 minutes that's when you start to notice the lack of defensive zone uh skill and whatever positioning and all that all that fun stuff um i've got a real sorry daniel i got a real issue a lot of times with who he who they put out with forward lines and defensive combos that's also something that drives me nuts when you've got the little line a uh, Ehlers line going which they've gone away from why you would ever put them out with Myers and Morrow I can't figure out <laughs> yeah, that's, so yeah. You have nobody that can retrieve a puck like <laughs> those are the things that I can't understand like you're an NHL coach am I saying I'm smarter than an NHL coach not at all but to me any stats any fancy stats tells you these guys can't retrieve a puck and you've got all five of them on the ice together and then the next shift, you put out uh, Connor, Shifley, Wheeler, Truba, and Morrissey, all five of which are puck retrievers. They're puck retrievers play and drivers. Play drivers. Like it, that, that stuff doesn't make sense. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe there's a bigger philosophy. Yeah, I'll kind of, <laughs> I'll kind of go with that. There, um, obviously, I I noticed that tonight they had Myers out against like the Tavares line or something. Uh, I thought was that was just a whole other thing. Obviously, the Leafs are pretty tough to match up against with three top centers there. So that's kind of hard to match up and stuff like that. But that's kind of something that gets lost. And as the game flows, you kind of end up in those situations. But yeah, you're right. Putting out five uh, non-puck retrievers on the ice is probably not good at the same time. And as uh, I think it was last year when we went to that, that little talk that Micah had at the uh, U of W, he said they are looking more at five-man units instead of just like three forwards and two defensemen, how they do. They're looking at all five, like a wowie with or without you kind of thing. And that's something that is creeping into the game more is how is a five-man unit rolling together. So whether that's, say, okay, obviously like the Kopp-Lowry line will do excellent out there with Morrissey and Truba are out there. Okay, but how do Morrissey and Truba play when they're out there with little Ehlers and line A, right? That's the kind of thing that's coming more into as the analytics in the game grows even bigger to the point it is now. And that's just something that 
you kind of notice, I mean, it's hard to control five-man units throughout the game just because game flow and that kind of thing. But it's just something that I like to keep an eye on sometimes is who's out with who and how they're performing with who. Like like you had mentioned, if you put Wheeler-Shifley out there with Truba Morrissey, you could have the, the puck in the offensive zone the whole shift and they'll get seven shot attempts and maybe a goal, right? So that's kind of just something I like to keep an eye on myself. Well, and I yeah. think about back in the day, I mean, there was clearly a correlation with Housley and Solani. Yeah. They were on the ice together for sure for a reason. And and it resulted in 76 goals. Yeah. So. It does exist. There is a correlation from the back end to the front to the forward as well. So, Yeah. And, and you, you really get a sense of who he's choosing to put out there when it's at home, right? We've had the last, what, five, six games at home now. And uh, so you really feel like when you have that last change, this is on purpose, right? It's not accidental. It's uh, like you say, Dan, sometimes in the flow of the game, right? Things just move around. People got to, you know, shift off and everything. Well, but when there's, yeah, when it's a high-paced game, you kind of lose it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Until until you get that whistle and you can kind of reset a little bit or at the start of periods, right, or after timeouts, right, you're usually able to kind of get back to whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. But, yeah, it's, I agree, Chris. Some of the, the ones being chosen at home don't seem – they seem more problematic than they are – uh, helpful to the cause but you know what again the Jets are 6-3-1 so that's uh, that's pretty good stuff um, we'll we'll end it here and we're going to come back we're going to do some trivia in a little bit but uh, just going to ask you guys in the last three games literally we've seen on that top line with Shifley and Wheeler we saw you know Connor we've seen Line we've seen Ehlers who would you like to see and who do you think we see with those guys at the start of the next game which is uh, what is it Detroit no who's the next Detroit one on Friday. Yeah. Detroit, Detroit on Friday, Friday. Yeah. that's right yeah okay I, uh, you know, I sometimes remember things, but uh, yeah. So who do you think is out there with those guys at the, the start of the start of the game on Friday? Nick Batan. <laughs> I like it, Daniel. There we go. Um, um, I assume we'll probably, it'll either be Line or Connor. Um, Line actually looked okay. He had a few, he rang one off the crossbar actually when they were out there together. Yeah. So that's kind of like what I would like to see. They got to get Line going. Um, that's kind of where I'm at on that. That's my, my guess. It would be Line A or Connor. Yeah, I like the Ehlers game for the most part. I think it will be Line A too. I think, it's, I think we're getting close to what we've all been talking about, and I know some, some people more than others, that they split up Shifley and, and Wheeler. Um, like we talked oh. about, you can be good, and, and that's awesome. They're the two of the – they're two top – we'll say 12 forwards in the NHL. Um, but if you have two of the top 12 forwards in the NHL, maybe you'd like them to be a part and they could make four other guys real good. Yeah. And I think we're getting close to that. I think that's the next logical step is to separate uh, Shifley and Wheeler. But I think on Friday you'll see Liney there again because three goals, no even strength or is that right? Yeah, three power play goals. Yeah, that's not that's not good enough. And he doesn't look. I think we can all admit that he doesn't look to be playing well. Um, I think Ehlers, for the most part, does. In that, but Ine hasn't looked hasn't looked great. Yeah, Ehlers actually has been okay. He has a few assists. He's just not getting that that puck luck, as they like to say. He just kind of right spot, right time, hitting the net, hitting the back, and then that kind of thing. 
um, he has like he he's okay. It's they got to get line. They go and know. I'll I'll reiterate that and agree. So and Casey yeah, has been up until sorry up until two games ago, I would be tempted to say uh, Casey has been our best forward for the whole season. Yeah. So yep. I don't think you can worry about moving him around too much. If he's elite, like Maurice has said and Shifley has said, if he's elite, you can move him around. That now you, he doesn't have to be. Uh, pulled up by by Shifley and Wheeler if he's elite. Yeah, maybe not not anymore. Maybe he's kind of gotten to that, that level, right, where he's figured it out a bit. I, I'm actually going to disagree with you guys that I think Line is going to get his goals because he's Line. I mean, I know he had a big drought there, five on five for a long time, but I mean, he's still going to get them on the power play. He's still going to get his open looks at some point. But uh, I think the, it's probably a bit more important to get Ehlers going because I think he is probably – now, I would have to look into this, but feels like he's probably more prone to droughts. Uh, also, they may seem longer because he doesn't score as much as Line. I mean, he you know, scores 10 to 15 goals less a year than, than he does, right? So, I mean, if he isn't getting up in those you know, mid-20s or something, I think that's problematic if he's not on pace for something – at least close to that. So I think it's probably a bit more important to get him going. So I would not be surprised if uh, you see him on that top line. If it feels like Maurice, he doesn't make changes until he has to, like things get so bad or there's an injury. And so he made the change after um, one game, uh, the St. Louis one or whatnot. And um, yeah, now uh, I think with this one, with the Ehlers getting out there and playing well, I think he might kind of give that a second look. That's all. So. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, you can be right. You can be right. Yeah. Anyhow, we'll uh, we'll stop there and uh, we'll uh, come back in a bit. We'll do our little trivia thing, and that's it. All right. Thanks, guys.